Hey everybody, I'm Paul Yeager. This is the MTOM Show podcast, a production of Iowa PBS and the Market to Market TV show. In 2022, we talked to Kansas farmer Cameron Pierce twice, and we need to find out how the crop finished. This did not end the way that a storybook would have it, or a Disney ending, or however you want to put it. He said there were 15 minutes that changed everything for several of his crops. We're going to talk wheat, sunflowers, canola, and a new crop as he looks forward to 2023. Spoiler alert, a farmer is optimistic about a new year. We'll find out what's on Cameron's mind as the calendar flips, what he's been up to, and we'll also get back into sunflowers as that story is far from over as well. That's this installment of the MTOM Show Podcast. Cameron, you're back in the office. Uh, you're not in some random hotel room at a meeting like we chatted last time. Uh, wh- did you end up traveling a lot in 22? Um, I mean, not as, you know, honestly, 20, 2020 was the, we traveled five times in 2020 in the COVID, COVID year. And and ever since then, it's just been downhill ever since for, for traveling, for doing much of anything. But um, yeah, the last time you and I talked, um, we were in a hotel room. I think we were probably in, we're in Bismarck or in Fargo. I kind of forget which one it was. I think it was in yeah, Fargo. I think it was too. You were and, about to go out, to, I think, uh, to dinner out like at Moorhead. Or they were taking you somewhere that night, I think. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So that meeting's actually coming up again here in, in two weeks. And so I'll fly from fly up to Fargo. And then I've got another meeting in, in D.C. again on just piggybacking. So I leave one meeting, fly to D.C. and do another meeting So with Farm Bureau. So, but uh but yeah, I mean, as far as traveling goes, I mean, I've got a couple of trips planned, a couple of trips to D.C. for lobbying, and uh, and otherwise, you know, we need to stay home and work on the farm once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to your travels in a minute. I mean, I open with travel, of course, but I want to talk about the farm last year. Uh, when we talked, it was, I, I think I was given the standard Kansas farmer answer of, well, it all depends if it rains. <laughs> Paul? Let me just let me just say that um, last year was probably in my thirty plus years of farming was the worst year on the farm in terms of yields because it didn't rain. And then on September twenty, we had a hailstorm come through here and just pretty much finished the rest of it off. So um, <laughs> I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but it was I there wasn't really much to do last fall. Our combine just didn't get that many hours on it. So. So a September hailstorm has has to be one of the more frustrating ones to get. It is, and it got it, the the frustrating part was it got all of our irrigated stuff, you know. So you think you typically when you get to September you're fairly safe in dodging a hailstorm, but we had golf ball size hail for 15 minutes, and it just took things to the to the ground, you know. While we went ahead and cut, we had a circle of, of flowers and a and a. A drip tape 80 of beans and we went ahead and cut them just because i knew insurance would want to come out there and say well you know they might make more than what you think they will and so i went ahead and cut everything and the beans was mainly just so i wouldn't have to sit there and stare at them all all winter long you know it's like as a reminder of what happened and so we went ahead and cut the beans and they made a bushel and a half an acre so you know it just wasn't it wasn't anything there and the sunflowers I think they ended up making five or 600 pounds, um, you know, where we were expecting 3000, you know, so it was, it was definitely a, definitely a hit, I guess, if you will. So, so work that the mantra around here is 2023 has to be better. So, 
Um, but I, I'm sitting here looking. I, I pulled up intentionally the drought map. Mm-hmm. To looking out your window right now, uh, you don't have any snow cover, right? We don't. We don't. But actually, as far as moisture goes, we're we've caught a couple of rains, and so um, for this point in, in the wheat growing period, uh, we're adequate. Um, that moisture in the I'd say in the in the <clears throat> continuous wheat fields probably goes down oh easily three to four feet in the double crop stuff. I think maybe we have maybe t- uh, a foot and a half to two foot of profile moisture. So we can make it a we can make it a while. Uh, we've had a bunch of fog in December and January. So you know if you buy into the 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 ninety day fog rule, you know March could be pretty wet. Um, so we'll see what happens, but, uh, the, uh, I, I usually give it 90 to hundred days cause that way it has a better chance of, of actually coming true. Coming true. Well, I think but, just before I contacted you, uh, before we talked, I did see there were plenty of Nebraska and Kansas farmers that were saying that same thing. So they're, you're counting on it. As I look at Kansas again, remind folks where you are from Wichita. Yeah, so South Central Kansas, we're about 45 minutes northwest of Wichita. So we're, I mean, kind of right in the center of the state, east to west, but a little bit, a little bit south of center, north to south. So, and and you you talk to many national people, but let's talk about the state people that you refer to in Kansas. As I look at western, southwestern Kansas, it's a exceptional drought. It's D four. It's the worst category in the middle of January, February is yeah. that's not normal, right? No, I, we were, I was just up at the uh, young farmer and ranch, the farm bear, young farmer and rancher convention in Manhattan over the weekend. And uh, <clears throat> the Sunfire commission had a booth up there. So we got to see lots of, lots of people from across the state. And I have a friend that lives out in very Southwest Kansas. And he said there, the wheat's not, hasn't come up. The wheat never came up last year. I mean, you know, they have two, two years of wheat crop in the ground that they've never seen. You know, I honestly, Paul, I, I'm not cut out for that kind of, that kind of farming where you just put it out there and walk away. And I mean, I couldn't do it. So it's hard enough watching things just slowly wither on the vine here. You know, hailstorms, one thing it's, it's in, it's quick, it's done, but slowly watching something die or, or not come up or not come up. Yeah is 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 difficult and there was another another friend from oh a little further a little further east in south in southwest kansas and he was saying the same thing none of their weights up you know so i mean i just hoping the wind doesn't blow over blow hard in march and stuff like that because we'll, we'll end up with another december 15th like we had you know a year and a half ago you know and so it just where that big big wall of, wall of dust came through that is a concern, right? Because if something can't grow, it can't have roots in any of the soil right. to hold on to the soil. You can't, you can't cover. It's just like compounds itself. You just can't cover the soil. And so, you know, you, you've got to have a living root out there. You, you want to have some cover, but man, we need some help from <laughs> we need some help from Mother Nature, you know, and the and the good Lord above that would provide some some moisture for us. So. And and you're going on, the, your friends in the West uh, of you, they're going on several years of this. I mean, this has become more of a common than a uncommon thing. Yeah, I, I usually say two to three years out of 10, they have good crops, you know. 
because well, they're probably still fertilizing. They're still doing everything they need to do. But it, when it doesn't rain, all that fertilizer is still there. And so then when they do get good moisture, you know, then hey, you got a pretty fantastic crop. So, the I you know I, I feel for them. I mean, we're we're right on the edge of that that D four drought, and it actually kind of extends over into into southeast Kansas a little bit, which is is kind of unusual. And and on the weather, we've been watching systems go to the south. You know, Oklahoma and Arkansas. A friend lives in Arkansas, and he's like, "Hey, I'm getting seven or eight inches of snow." And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> you know. And then it goes by to the north. You know, there's several places in Kansas. I think the Wichita Meteorological uh, Station down there said that Goodlands had 25 inches of snow this year, and Wichita's had five, and we've had we've had less than that. I mean, I, I would say we maybe we've had two inches in about four little, you know flurry events and uh so it's 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 hit and miss we've had more rain than snow so i don't want to we're, we're way better shape we're here in, in in hutch than they are out west yeah yeah so. well as you plan ahead it's it sounds like it's been a this is a common spot yeah it might rain it's rained a little does it give you optimism for 23 you know, farmers are the eternal optimists. I mean, it's it's going to get better. You know, that's just what we do. It's just going to get better. It has to get better. So, but no, we're, I mean, we're excited for, for this next year. We're going to, you know, plant a bunch more sunflowers and, and uh, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing through. Um, we've been working in the shop, you know, doing, doing projects and, you know, having my oldest son here to help on the farm has been, I mean, it's fantastic. And both boys were home over. Hayden, the youngest son, was home over Christmas break, and, you know, you come out here, I walk out here and watch both boys just side by side, you know, brainstorming something or, you know, how to do a project, and just, it just makes a dad proud, you know, it's like, you know, this is, just, this is what it's all about, you know, just love, I love it, so, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, wouldn't change anything about it. That so. allows you to go places, too. It does. It does. Yeah. Now I have to ask for permission though. It's like, Hey, Connor, are you okay? If I do? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No problem. Be fine. So, you know, that's, that's kind of nice. <laughs> that's good. As long as it's not during planting season, you know, or, you know, we need to be spraying and planting and, and tending to the, to the planter and stuff like that. So, yeah. And, and that's actually what we're working on. Some of the projects we're working on is to make it more. Uh, so it's, it's less of a, two man or a committee operation to be able to run an operation on the farm. He can, you know, have be self self-sufficient where he's at. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you occasionally, if you see a little light go up on, on Cameron's face, it's because Connor's in there welding, right? That's <laughs> is, what I, is. yeah, right. Yeah. You can see that. On I can see it now. I've, when you said that before we started rolling, I'm like, Oh no, now I see it totally. So what's <laughs> he's working on the planter. You said, well, actually, we, we resurrected a truck that we hadn't used in like 13 years. And just because I we all thought it had some major problems. And and he's like, it's perfectly good truck. Let's get it going. And so, you know, we're that's what we're doing. So he's building a headache rack basically for for a flatbed um, truck. And so that's what he's welding on right now. If I had curtains here in the office, I would have pulled them so you would be able to see the flashing. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Uh, you know, it's Paul. It's ten degrees outside. It's sixty-five degrees inside here. So we'd much rather just be inside. So ten degrees there. It's ten degrees here. The uh, onboard thermometer of my computer says ten. So that's rare that we're the same temperature on a mm -hmm. on a winter day. I had to actually make sure my seventh grader wore his coat to school today. 
you know, those middle schoolers, they don't like to wear coats. We got a shipment yesterday from uh, some wood and the guy got out of his truck and he was wearing shorts. It was, I kid you, it was eight degrees out yesterday. I was like, really? You from Canada? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's super warm from where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week we had uh, Sean Hackett on the show from Florida. And I always tell him mm-hmm. I like to invite him to Iowa in January just to mm-hmm. remind him, you know, why he lives where he lives. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, this is great. He had his winter coat. He'd been kind of gallivanting around and... But he says, this isn't going to be my coldest. I'm scheduled to go to Alberta in February. I go, willingly? Blink wow. twice if this is against your will. You know, and he didn't. So. Isn't that kind of like going to Fargo in February? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, if you read this. I love Fargo. Or if you're saying this, sorry, guys. <laughs> but they know it. That's, that's yeah. how it weeds. It's a weed out. Those who don't make it through winter don't stay there. Right, right. Yeah. If you don't love us at my worst, you can't be here with my best in summer. There you go. That's a good sign. Uh, When you've been in Fargo, it's been Sunflower meetings. Uh, Mm -hmm. When we talked last year a couple of times, uh, the story was about sunflowers. Now, your flowers are different than others, uh, but there are people in your meetings who are those that can grow that might, they'll never dent to what Ukraine produced. But where is that topic now in discussion of we don't we know a little bit more about what's going on in Ukraine and some crop is getting to the port what has that dis- what has changed in that discussion well i just i just visited with my friend from well i te- i visited i texted with roman uh, who lives in he lives in kiev <laughs> and uh, i just i did ask him i was like how are, i was like are things going to be any better this year and this is you know this is right after um, I texted the reason I texted him is because they had just ramped up the, bomb, the bombings because of the offer of you know tanks from the U.S. and and uh, the European Union, and so that of course brought on a new barrage of of, of attacks. And so I was like, "Do you how do you sleep? How do you sleep through the night?" And uh, he's like, "Oh, he goes the wife and kids they'll wake up when the bombs go off, but he goes I can usually sleep through it." And I was like, just how, oh, man, that's, I, I just can't imagine what that's like, you know? And uh, I know they're, I know they're intercepting most of them, but there are a few that are still getting through. But uh, I, I, and I, I asked him, I was like, well, so what's the, what's the outlook for, for crops in, in Ukraine this year? And, and he said, well, there's still, it's still a struggle getting inputs <clears throat> like fertilizer and stuff like that. And uh, he go, he says, as long as this keeps up, he goes, I don't see it being much different than it was a year before. So 2023 shouldn't be in terms of output is not going to be much different than, than 2022. So it's going to be, it's going to be reduced. It's going to be down. Um, you know, this is, this is one, one person's observ- one person's observations mm-hmm. you know, in, in Ukraine. And he's, he's got a pretty good, pretty good touch with a lot of farmers in Ukraine because that's who he works with. So, um, and so I kind of, I trust what he says. So, so then does that mean anything to U.S. sunflower producers? I mean, again, it's different types of sunflowers, but... You know, the the price of sunflowers right now, I mean, it's still... It seems like the sunflower market here in the U.S. is driven more domestically than, than, than globally. I know it's a global environment, but um, North Dakota, South Dakota had really good sunflowers this year. Uh, Kansas did not. We were... There was a few bright spots around. I, I'm talking to a, a few guys that said that the uh, their sunflower production was uh, their best crop 
um, in despite in the in terms of the drought, and so there was actually something that I could harvest. Um, but like you, uh, I, I've been hearing we were, we went around the table at the National Sunflower Association meeting in uh, in December, and they were like, you know, twenty five hundred, three thousand pounds, thirty eight hundred. And you know, all all the way around the table until we got to to uh, Tom Kirkmeyer and I are from Tom's from Colorado. He lives up by the airport and farms by the airport in Denver, and uh, and then myself and his yields were you know sub fives and sub five hundred pounds, and my yields were, I mean, we were five hundred to nine hundred pounds, and so we we brought the bar way way down on the yields, and it's like it's just you know hate to rain on the parade, but, uh, we did not have good, we did not have good crops, you know? And, uh, I know Tom's, Tom's been struggling worse than, worse than we have because it just doesn't, just doesn't rain out there in that part of the state very much of Colorado. So. <clears throat> well, let's see, I'm going to back out. I'm sitting here looking at the drought monitor on the other monitor to him. Yeah. I look at Colorado. Yeah. The Eastern part of the, the, the state is, is dry. Nebraska is dry all the way up to the Dakotas are dry, but, whether you believe La Nina is done and El Nino is here or we're stuck in another drought pattern, we're out of control of that weather. So I don't know how that's the, as you, back to your farmers are always the eternal optimist. It's hard to be optimistic with some crops this year. It is. But as you know, as with a, with a new year that comes on, I mean, you have to, I mean, if you weren't, if you didn't have some sort of optimism, I mean, you, this is not the business for you. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just plain and simple. If you can't be look at it with an optimistic eye, I mean, you just you don't need to be farming because I mean, it, farming has its ups and its downs, and you just kind of have to manage those. So you try to stay on an even an even playing field, and, and you know, because I've I've already been hearing from another another buddy of mine that uh, says we're in the middle of an eighty nine year drought or an eighty nine year cycle where this this is going to give like another three years of drought. And I was like, I can't get much worse than this. I mean. What you're telling me is, you know, anyway, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep praying that we'll get rain and that, you know, God will confound all the prognosticators and we'll get rain. So, you know, it's, yeah. you know, there, there, here comes the optimist in me. So, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just go with that. Yeah. So, well, yeah. the 89 year cycle, that is, it's actually what we talked about last week on the show was uh, okay. that, that weather cycle. And that's what Sean kind of believes is that's where, you know, that's why he disagrees that we're coming. He thinks, yes, it's going to be dry. And it starts to get, uh, uh, I think he got the attention of some of those in the, the corn region. He says, you know, Iowa and southern Minnesota and Illinois into Indiana has been able to catch enough rain to, to grow enough corn to make up for drought in other places. But how long can you do that? And when a, when a corn crop is off, when you're not in the middle of corn country, what's that do to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to just assume that you're going to get the rain, but I mean, you have to, you have to, like I say, you have to prepare, you know, and just be, be ready for whatever comes, I guess. Yeah. So is there uh, anything that can be done? I mean, back to the, the soil that doesn't have any roots in it. Um, you can't really plant a tree that's dry as a windbreak. You can't, if you can't get it to grow, you can't irrigate where you don't have. So, I mean, 
Do you get nervous about these folks <clears throat> that start saying the Dust Bowl is about to return to Kansas? You know what? There. Are, so, so the problem I think is twofold. Um, first of all, it's it's dry. We can't do anything about it. Second is more people have gotten away from using as as many chemicals and no-till because of the price. You know, last year things really got crazy in prices, and so. Um, people were like, well, I just pull out the disc and, and the chisel and we'll be, we'll be fine. I mean, we'll save some money by tilling our ground. And those are the guys that right now that don't have any, any cover on the ground. Like if they would have put a wheat crop out there and, and clean tilled it, then they're going to be subject to, you know, things blowing this area, maybe not quite as much as way as, as way out West, but I mean, you know, because we've had enough moisture, it's spotty. We've had enough moisture kind of get a stand of weed. So we, we do have some cover on the ground and all of our stuff. I mean, so we do a little bit of canola and we have to till the ground for canola. So we'll do a, a vertical till on some canola ground. It's just kind of just get rid of a little bit of residue. And I'm, I know I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, but that's the only way we can raise a crop of canola. Um, and Connor and I have both been trying to figure out a way to, to eliminate doing doing that and so we're actually switching to a different crop called camelina that doesn't mind the uh, uh the the residue canola does not like residue um it sets its growing point artificially high and then when it gets really cold it, it winter kills out and so camelina doesn't have that that doesn't have that issue and so we're experimenting with it and seeing if we can make that work as as a rotational crop within our wheat system so we go two years of wheat and then a year of camelina and then back to wheat and stuff like that and then, and and all being no-till we can control grassy species within our wheat the same way we did with canola so um so we're hoping it's a a good fit and we can get away from completely tilling anything at all and uh, we do a lot of cover crops um and so that's that's a big part of our our operation is building soil health trying to do the best thing for our soil that we can while we can when we can when we get some rain because you can do like i said you can do all the best you have all the best intentions out there but if it doesn't rain i mean you're just out of luck you know it's just plain plain and simple i mean and but you need time that, you need timely rain so well and if the soil is healthy when you do get that rain it hopefully can take advantage and and do as much producing as it as as it can be and and all in that you want you want your soil to be a sponge and so you want when it when you get a you know a hard two inch rain you want all that to just soak in you don't want any of it to run off and so um that that's our goal is to capture every every drop of rain that falls onto our pieces of land and so you know that way we we build up that that moisture on our our land if if uh, if other neighbors or whatever don't don't want to do that. I mean, that's their prerogative, but we want to try to do the best thing we can for, for our land and try to build up, you know, the soil as best we can. And uh, so it's, it's a process. Connor's, Connor's been teaching me and, you know, I'm hopefully I'm not getting in his way <laughs> too much. So, but, uh, cause I, I want him to be able to explore and, and, and do things and, you know, you know, just spread his wings and, and, and the soil health, we had a soil health meeting you know, two weeks ago, I guess in Salina, and my wife and I and and my oldest son all went to that. And so we're making sure the whole family is on board with what we're doing. And so, you know, educating Jeannie that my wife is is very much in favor of it. And so trying to, you know, reduce our dependency on synthetic fertilizers and stuff like that and, you know, build soil health. So, Well, and that's also something that's been learned since the, the 30s is soil health. And you just, you can never prepare when the tap goes dry, 
but you can be ready. I mean, you're, you try to be, like you said, ready for anything. Mm-hmm. And when things happen, when the Lord provides the rain, <laughs> you know, the, the clouds align, you're there. You can, right. as you said, absorb that water that's there, have the health soil, and, and know that, yeah, maybe plowing wasn't the best thing for us here in this area. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you hear the young, when you talked, I think you said something about, uh, you had a Farm Bureau session mm-hmm. with some young producers. What, uh, what are they asking you this year? You know, we were pretty much just talking sunflowers up there when we were there, and we were just trying to, uh, um, you know, just build awareness of, of sunflowers in a in a crop rotation for them. I mean, it was basically at a trade show, and so they would come to our booth and and talk. And I mean, there was there was close to five hundred um, young farmers and and ranchers there, and so they were obviously not all of them stopped by our booth, but. Uh, um, you know, the optimism was, was there again, you know, farmers, the eternal optimists. I mean, everybody was in a good mood. I mean, nobody was, was doom and gloom that I talked to outside of the one, the one friend of mine that's, that's my age from Western Kansas. That was like, you know, two years of, of no rain, no crops have come up, you know, he was a bit doom and gloom, but I mean, he still had a smile on his face. So, you know, it's like, what do you, what do you do? I mean, he has some irrigation. So, I mean, you know, they have something to fall back on, but still, you know, um, but I'd say I'd say in law, by and large, it was it was a it was a good good turnout, good good networking, and so we got some some good context for um, you know pushing sunflowers and making sunflowers a, a a bigger a better fit for Kansas. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Are you getting anybody converted to become? Uh, oh yeah, no, I think I some acres. I think acres are going up. I mean, you know, we have in in Kansas and Colorado, uh, we're I think right at a hundred thousand acres roughly and so we're trying to there's there's a lot of uh in southwest kansas irrigated um there's one producer has six thousand acres of irrigated confectionery flowers and uh, i've never done confectionery flowers we're going to try a field this year we need to have you have to have a contract for those um so you can make sure you get rid of them but working with red river commodities and in in uh, lubbock texas and so getting some some insights and 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 knowledge on on how to do that so there's a little more maintenance i guess i guess you want to they have other insects and diseases that would affect the confectionaries that maybe wouldn't affect the uh, oilseed flowers so it'll be a learning experience something new yeah so different in the different types always yeah something a a new oh well it works this way but not this way yeah i I, yeah totally learning that's different than what a corn or a bean producer has to deal with yeah yeah, your varieties are so different um we we plant a lot of different crops so it's 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 hard it's hard to keep on top of all of them (laughs) well yeah and i go back to the one that you said you're planting in place of canola and tell me what that's used for uh camelina it's actually a uh it's a it's an oil seed um it's a really small seeded i got one got one I'll hold this up to, up to the camera, but it's a really small seeded, uh, it's like a, a size of alfalfa seed. And so, so it's, it's, it's an oil seed. So it's used in making uh, biodiesel. And so there's a, a company in, in, I think it's either Dodge or Garden City. It's called Sustainable Oils that we're growing it through them. And so, um, so yeah, so you plant, you kind of plant that basically after you're done planting wheat, kind of middle of, middle of, November, December, and then you harvest before wheat. So it's kind of a quick growing crop. So, um, so yeah, so hmm. kind of excited to try that. So it's always fun to try new crops. So 
I know you have a bunch of uh, crops on your area, but what about the livestock uh, folks around you? Um, are they given weather conditions, making changes, or needing something else to, to help them along? What do you hear about mm -hmm. your livestock friends around you? Yeah, I mean, we actually we're not we're not big fans of taking taking residue off the of ground and uh you know but man the the livestock producers were they were hurting this year everybody's buying feed and it's expensive and you know we we ended up chopping some some corn we just basically took the ears off the corn and left the plant there which i'm glad we did because if we would have taken it all off i mean that ground would have blown and then we did have one field where we did swath and bale some failed corn and that, that was a mistake. I mean, we just, it just left the, it left the field bare and it did, it did blow on us. I mean, we, even though we didn't till it, there was just nothing there to, mm -hmm. to hold it. And it was kind of protected and back in the trees and sky's kind of why I thought, well, we can, we can do this, but it's, it's still, the wind got down in there and you could still tell it would had eroded a little bit. So, you know, we, we planted wheat in there and got a stand of wheat. So, I mean, we've stopped the blowing, but uh, it's still, it was disappointing and, and, you know, Connor doesn't, he never misses an opportunity to remind me of why we don't do something. I don't know. You know you'll get that maybe when your kids get older, but I mean, you know, it's like, hey, this is why we don't do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Your ways, dad. Mm, let's rethink yeah. that. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I, know. I know. I know. So, so to wrap up 2022, I think the, the word you're saying is disappointing. It is. Yeah. I mean, it, it is disappointing. I mean, yeah, there wasn't, we had seven, seven crops and, and six, six insurance claims on those crops that we had, you know, uh, the only one that technically didn't have a, a, uh, insurance claim was the cotton and it wasn't by, it just, just didn't have it. I mean, we were at the bare minimum, you know? And so, and we, we probably had better cotton than the neighbors did for, we just caught a couple of rains or had it on better ground or whatever. So, but, uh, you're going to put cotton in this year? TBD, the cotton price is not that great right now because it kind of, cotton kind of tracks the Dow. And when the Dow drops, nobody wants to buy clothes, you know, I mean, that's, it's a, it's a signal of the state of the economy, you know, and so nobody wants to buy their, their, their clothes. And so cotton it went from a, a buck 35 a pound down to like 80 cents a pound, you know, so it's, it's, it's really dropped. And so, um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I can make that decision clear up until, in April, but I don't know. It may be something else, sunflowers or Milo or something else. So, yeah. but uh, cotton's an expensive crop to put out, right? So, and it's not easy. Lots of uh, lots of issues there, and on infrastructure that you have to deal with too. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. All right, Cameron. Well, uh, keep the optimism high for us. Okay. Well, you know, Paul, it's always good to visit with you. You always make the make it the interview so easy and, and stuff. So I, I enjoy talking to you about any anything farming. So well, I enjoy uh, you giving me time because it is hard to pin you down. You guys in the middle of winter, you think you're slow, but you're anything but. I'm glad we found a window to talk. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, appreciate right. appreciate what you do, Paul. All right. Thanks, Cameron. You bet. Thank you. My thanks to Cameron Pierce. Always appreciate the time. Always a good chat and the time seems to fly when we start recording. Thank you for watching. We will see you next time. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday here from Market to Market.